you and I were walking on the beach and I looked back and uh, I just saw the one set of footprints and I realized that that was, that was when you were carrying me. <laughs> Our relationship is so uh, sweet. Let's get to this heinous death. Welcome to Slasher I Hardly Know Her, the horror movie review podcast. Actually, I've taken review out of there. I think we just talk about horror movies. So I'm saying the horror movie podcast is what I have uh, now put it as on uh, all the various platforms that we are available on. Thank you so much for listening. We have another amazing show in store for you this week. This week, we watched The Mangler, the much hand cinematic version of a very very short Stephen King story from Night Shift Uh, it was one of my friends picks actually it wasn't mine and so I decided that this week since this movie was suggested to me by a, a good friend why not have him on the show so please everyone Put your hands together. A warm welcome for my very special guest, my brother Micah. Hey, uh, what are you doing? Uh, You got this all backwards. So I picked the movie. That Uh means I'm the host. So I do the (laughs) introduction, and then I bring you on. I wonder why I uh, messed that up. I think you're excited. I think you're horny for horror, as you've been telling me a lot over the last hour. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah, that's that's you, you nailed it. It's a I received a text from Alex earlier today that said, "When are we doing the show?" I'm horny for horror, <laughs> and instead of uh, shaming him, I've decided to embrace his brazen horniness. We'll all be horny for horror together. Well, I got a question for you. If you immediately realized that uh, I shouldn't have been the host, why didn't you stop me? I just wanted to listen and you know hear where this was going. You know, I thought maybe you had something up your sleeve I didn't know about, or maybe it was a joke. No, I think it's. I think we've pretty well established that I often. But it have, turns out that you're the joke, Alex. I have no idea what's going on most of the time. <laughs> I mean, I think uh, you know, just you know, listening to our episodes recently, I realized that. There's a lot of you explaining to me what's happening in our actual podcast that we're doing. So, you know, you know and I feel like that's going to happen more and more as we get older. And then it's going to start happening to me, too. And then we're going to have to have a third younger person on that that fresh meat, that new blood who comes on and helps us through the show. So, uh, as I said, we watched The Mangler. As so as I'm supposed to be saying, request. we watched The Mangler from uh-huh. 1995. Uh-huh. Alex, listen, do you, if you're riding high and you really want to be the host, no. don't let me get in your way. No, I, I if just, you're feeling good, because I honestly, I don't feel that enthusiastic today. I'm a little bit tired. Oh. Uh, went on a bike ride yesterday morning. I <laughs> uh, did like 15 miles, and, uh, which I do all the time uh-huh. because I'm very, very fit. You're quite And I fit. did not throw up <laughs> because I'm out of shape. Okay, that didn't happen. <laughs> Mike and I don't talk that often on the phone, but when we do, he usually has a phenomenal story of some awful thing that's happened to him. This one was going on a bike ride with Dr. Scott and having to vomit halfway through. Yeah, we're, we're not talking like a tour de France kind of thing, you know. Just so you know, this wasn't like 
some hyper race, you know, across country. This was, you know, a, a nice ride in the town they live in. On a breezy day with not much sun and, you know, <laughs> yeah, I rode up some hills and then my body was like, hey, buddy, did you forget you're old and out of shape? Time to vomit. <laughs> but I didn't want to throw up on the bike trail where, you know, there's people with strollers and children enjoying their their breezy, beautiful weekend. <laughs> so I, I hiked <laughs> like just... 20 feet into the woods and that's where I was just dry heaving because i'd only had like you know some kind of health bar and some water before we went and a multivitamin so mostly it was just me going (laughs) 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 like a cat coughing up a hairball then i finally puked and dr scott just watched and enjoyed and he's like i was like i don't know what's wrong with me he's like you're out of shape Uh, and that's when i uh, threw something at him fuck him (laughs) she had thrown up on him (laughs) <laughs> projectile it, vomited at in least his direction. You were, at least you were actually biking and doing some sort of exercise. If you were one of those people, uh, you know, enjoying the trail, pushing a stroller, as you said, uh, that would look <laughs> a lot worse to, uh, you know, passersby. The guy pushing the baby stroller, just vomiting into the woods. <laughs> you should well, write that the down really em- get that in a the- script. The really embarrassing part of the story I, I don't like to tell is that I threw up on a baby in a stroller. I just <laughs> there was nowhere else to go. I couldn't find a trash can, so I threw up into a stroller, you which happened a, to have a baby. That's see now that's sad. That's sad. Which made the baby throw up. So oh, uh, we were both awesome. throwing up. Ugh, me and the baby. You're kind of making me want to throw up now. <laughs> just talking about babies. <laughs> To the business at hand, as Alex, our, uh, our, our voluntary host, <laughs> uh, has jumped in and told you, we are talking about 1995's The Mangler, which uh, directed by Toby Hooper, based on a story by Stephen King, and starring Robert England, who you all know as one Freddy Krueger. Um, this is a movie, what is it about? It's about the Blue Ribbon Sheet Company. They've got this speed ironer. I don't know what a normal speed ironer looks like, but this one is massive and scary, and uh, we're going to see plenty of it throughout the movie. Just one shot after another of this big, beastly uh, ironing machine, a speed ironer. It looked uh, mangler. Looked like something out of Batman Returns, right? It, it, it itself, I, I didn't think the design of the machine, which looked great, it just looked like it belonged in a Tim Burton movie. Oh, totally. I got some serious Tim Burton vibes from this mm-hmm. movie. It reminded me of a lot of that stuff. And I loved the way the camera was moving. I mean, you know, you're going to get on to me because I do this all the time. But things I loved about this movie were... The lighting? <laughs> Did you enjoy the lighting? I absolutely loved the lighting. They went with that theatrical lighting. Didn't have to look natural. It just looked cool. I mean, like the smokestacks where the steam was coming off in the back at the top of the factory were all lit blue and they moved the camera beautifully the lighting was beautiful the set design was incredible they put a lot of tlc into the sets in the mangler i think most of it oh wow thank you for that uh i think most of it was shot in south africa no shit no i didn't know that south africa i I think so i read well i'll tell you why i read something about like one of the guys who was putting money into it. I mean, I'm going to be wrong here a little bit, but because of the financial situation in South Africa, he had to spend his South African money in South Africa or it would be worth less or something. 
And so mm -hmm. they just geared up production in South Africa because his money went further or something like that. Mm. And I also so, read in one spot, which was just an Amazon review. So I don't know how true this is, but that it was Toby Hooper's son that actually built the mangler that we see in that movie, the machine. You know, there's something at the end of the credits where it said the mangler by, uh, I can't remember who Hooper, but, uh, I wondered if that, why, I was like, what did they, he didn't write the story. That was Stephen King. So why did they put his name on there? Was it huh. Sean Hooper? I don't recall, but maybe oh, that's know. what they meant. He made the big machine. Well, there you go. So that's a little bit more backing. Cause I mean, really my only evidence on that is an Amazon review from a customer who said and here's it. Here's a, what's happening? What's happening now? I, I'm doing like uncle buck. You know, I thought you weren't finished. Uh, so I'm like, it, but, and then, because oh. I, I didn't want to <laughs> interrupt you. not even mildly annoying. I can so only... here's the blurb for The Mangler, the film synopsis from a source we like to call the internet. Ooh, okay. The I Mangler, like film synopsis. Oh, let me do the movie voice <clears throat> again. Oh, please do. Me, 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 me. A series of gruesome accidents leads an officer to believe that a laundry machine <laughs> is possessed by a bloodthirsty demon. That's, that's it. it. That's, that's it. Well, that's all the internet had to give us. Well, unfortunately, I wanted more, and I wanted more because you were nailing it. That was exciting. I want to see that movie. Let me be, actually be honest. I don't want to see that movie. Uh, it sounds so stupid. A, a, a laundry machine that's possessed. I have you ever read uh, the Mangler? I never have. No, I read it many years ago. Uh, <laughs> And, you know, it's in Night Shift. It's just a short story. I asked my yeah. kid last night to look up how many pages it is as I was watching this, you know, movie that could have been way shorter than it was. And I think it was 15 pages. 15 pages. A feature length starring Robert Englund, Ted Levine, and directed by Toby Hooper. And apparently uh, it was enough in those 15 pages to, to uh, birth uh, two sequels. There's a Mangler 2 and 3. Oh wow! Okay, and I mean, which is weird because I think the the Mangler bombed when it came out, right? I have no idea. I I didn't even know they had made a Mangler movie until you picked it. I, I had no idea that that I've read the story. I had no idea it had been made into a movie with actors that I like, like uh, the lead there, Ted Levine. I love him. He's great. Uh, he is great, and he is pissed off every second of this movie. You know, the fact that he has a brother-in-law that appears to live on his property, but in the woods with a million wind chimes and Christmas lights and stuff because he's this super hippie, you know, spiritualist guy, just, you know, one yard over from his. That's, that yeah. seemed like such a 90s concept to me. Oh, we have, the, and have this I, wacky I guy that lives in my property. It. I did too. I mean, like again, back to the sets and the lighting. I thought it was all beautiful. The wind chimes, <laughs> the woods. They they got a, their their hands on some dollies and some cranes, and they were like, "We are going to use these dollies and cranes a fucking bunch." Because I, I mean, just the cameras moving constantly. It it looks great. And Ted Levine, man, when he enters or exits his driveway. It's easily 85 miles an hour every time. He's, <laughs> and he's shot pissed. out of that driveway every time. And it's a, you know, it's a long, windy driveway that goes around a corner. And, I mean, it didn't matter what he was doing. He was 85 in and out of that thing. It was impressive. It, I'm, I'm surprised that more pets have not been killed at the Levine home. 
He's pissed. He's always mm-hmm. pissed. He's just fucking pissed and walking around. He's getting in his truck and he calls that one guy, Look, you piece of dog fuck. <laughs> he calls him a piece of dog fuck. What Which is I've that? I've never heard. Uh, uh, no, I don't know, but I'm going to start using it. I'm sure I, you should. It, it was, it, I mean, it immediately took me by, by surprise. I was drawn out of the things. I'm like, did he, did he say dog fuck? You piece of dog fuck. <laughs> and uh, did you notice when he went to the, the coroner's office, to the morgue, so he goes to the police station. Of course, the morgue is downstairs, right? So he starts heading down the yeah. stairs. And there's no exits to the stairs. It's not like every time you had a flight of stairs, there's a door you could go out. It's just a hallway of stairs. You know, it's a stairwell with no doors. But yet at the end of every hallway, there was a sign that said morgue this way. As if you could just as if you thought, well, maybe I should not continue walking down the stairs. Oh, okay. Keep going. Morgue's okay. The morgue's not okay. It was like a left and a left arrow and it's morgue. And then you'd go down the stairwell and there was another one. And then when the uh, coroner says, all right, I'll, I'll be over in my office if he needs me. He goes, to the elevator hits down. So, so there's there's a level below the morgue that was like six flights of stairs down. Oh yeah, it just keeps going. I, again, the sets are amazing in this movie. Everything is creepy as fuck. It's like Tim Burton. It's like Dark City. It's really creepy. Yeah, it was and uh, just very theatrical. It reminded me of like some old old horror movies, like you might see like a Hammer film or an old Frankenstein or Dracula movie. I appreciated the nineties of it. I mean, I think that was my biggest takeaway was the 90s-ness of this movie. It felt like watching, you know, Sleeping with the Enemy or Sliver or something like that. It had that same 90s feel, and I enjoyed that about it. I'm not saying I wildly enjoyed the movie. The movie, come on, let's be honest. The movie was fucking ridiculous. It was, a, it was about a laundry machine that gets possessed... Because a virgin cuts her finger and uh-huh, the uh-huh. blood goes in. So now the blood of the virgin has awakened this machine. Not to mi- And so then it starts killing people by dragging them into these rollers. Not like, you know, their clothes get caught or anything. Every single victim of this maniacal machine puts themselves right up to the rollers. Even after it's killed a few people. Everybody's like, well, let me check this out. Let me get my face as close to these rollers as I possible. Oh, my God, it's got me. I mean, all these victims were almost <laughs> voluntary victims. They were like, ah, eh, you know, I'll take it. But the matter is made worse because it gets one woman who has antacid in her pockets. <laughs> and the antacid has belladonna as an ingredient. And when you uh-huh. get virgin blood and belladonna together, uh-huh. you have a shitstorm, my friend. The mangler becomes uh, quite a beast at that point. The you have to admit this movie is fucking ridiculous. You got at least. Uh, <laughs> I'm gotta admit, uh, I kind of loved it. If yeah, but sure, that's fine. You can love it, but you gotta admit it's ridiculous. If I pitched and the you the ending, oh, we can't. We have to get to the ending at some point because it was balls to the walls, crazy. Just when I thought the movie was over, oh no, no, it's not over no, yet. No, there was it, so much more. It takes a further left turn into absolute bananas, 
bonkers town <laughs> at the end. And and also the very, very ending made no sense to me. We'll get to that too. But if I pitched... I'm looking at the uh, the, the budget on this movie and it, it, it was uh, apparently dead on arrival. It made a total of one point, less than 1.8 million and they spent about a million making it. So did not make much money. But it did make Big some. Flop. We've done some that you know didn't make their money back at all. Oh yeah, we've done some where they spent more than they made. Yeah, absolutely. We so I mean, at least you know, at least there's that. But if I pitched you this movie and said, "My guy, I've got a great idea for a script. I want you to write it with me," I would pitch that exact same thing, and in the end, you'd be like, "Is it a comedy?" I would be also like, "Well, what else? Where's the rest of the movie? <laughs> you mean it's just about a fucking sheet ironing machine that?" That, that people folds people keep getting as close to as they can <laughs> until they're dead. It was it was nonsense. There's only it's not like there's several parts of the machine that that keep killing you. You know, it's got that big like chain link thing on the side that makes it run. I kept thinking uh-huh. somebody was going to get caught in there, or get something broken off in there. No, it's just at the front of the machine <laughs> where the rollers, you know, roll in the sheets to fold them. And when you get your hand there, I mean like it operated exactly like a mangler would. You know, the only thing possessed about this was the fact that the stop button never worked. Every time somebody would get caught in it, they'd start slamming on the stop button and nothing would work, and it would just keep going and it would eat the person. If there, if this machine is an actual machine in a laundry somewhere, it took its, it would take its victims the same... No, there was nothing special. Tentacles didn't come out of it. There wasn't something mm-hmm. that drew them into it. Everybody mm-hmm. was an idiot and put their hands next to the rollers and got pulled in. You know what the uh, the, the mangler reminds me of? Not the movie, but the machine itself. What? It reminds me of Home Alone, the furnace mm. in the basement. Yeah, it does have it does have a very you know vibe Kevin to McAllister. It. He's scared. He goes down there. It starts to heat up. Make that noise. He runs right. away. Right. That's he runs. He of. runs away. But if it was this movie, they would walk over and stick their hands in it until they caught on fire. And then you'd be like, wow, this thing, that thing must be possessed. I mean, nothing, nothing about this thing was going out of its way to kill people. They were going out of their way to be killed by the laundry mangle. Uh, All right. So we've got a lot coming up, Alex. I don't want to give it all away here in this first segment. Um, But coming up, we've got... Final Girl. Ooh. We're going to do a little bit of that. We're okay. going to talk about our crunchiest kills. Oh, I like that. We, oh, yeah, so crunchy. Well, they're all crunchy uh, in this. We're also going to talk about, huh? They're all crunchy in this. Everybody gets crunched. Very crunchy. Yeah. If they were crunched. Mm-hmm. Or mangled, if you prefer. Or uh, We're <laughs> also going to talk about what else we are into, and then we'll dissect a couple of the better scenes from this movie. Uh, but before we go to break, Alex, it's time to play the first round of that game that is sweeping, nay, mopping the nation, <laughs> nay, the world. Final uh, girl. All right. All right. And so let's meet this week's contestants. Let's do it. I want to know who's playing this week. All right. This week we have, oh, welcome back to the show, Reagan Ripley. All right. Hail May. Little shout out to you. Did you, uh, did you say Hail May? Hail, hail May. Hail meh. What is that? Hail, hail meh. What, what is it? It's uh, Reagan's handle. Uh, oh, gotcha. Okay. We, we also have Magda Thruple. Welcome to the show. Okay. Alex, do I pronounce it Thruple or Thruple? T-H-R-U-P-L-E. I, well, a threesome couple is a Thruple, so I'll say Thruple. 
Thruple. All right. Magda Thruple, welcome to the show. Welcome, Magda. Aslan Chase, welcome. We got a lot of first timers this week. Yeah, it's great. That's what we want. Although we like a returning Avalon guest. Avalon I'm sorry, Alex. I interrupted you and I feel like a bastard about it. Ah, you should feel like a bastard. Just, you know, you should have resting bastard feel. <laughs> Nobody says that. That's not resting <laughs> bastard feel. Yeah. Uh, you know what you should have? <laughs> what should I have? Resting horny for horror face. That's right, I do. Right now, I'm horny to talk about this movie. Uh, Avalon Inya. Ooh, Ooh. beautiful name. It is. It's probably some reference we don't get. And player number five, finally, Devin Rhodes. Welcome to the show. Welcome, Devin. So uh, let's get right into it. You're going to stick these names in the properly named Wheel of Death and uh, see who comes out on the other side, I guess, right? Uh, yeah, we'll see who lives and who dies. I hate this, that we meet all these wonderful new people. They might be listening to the show for the very first time, and here we're probably going to kill most of them. Hey, that's uh, that's what you get into, you know. I mean, you know what you're getting into when you sign up for Final Girl. It's how the kooky crumblies. Nah, that's a thing no one's ever said. All right. Well, it's been said now. Let's put it in rotation. Speaking of rotating, Alex, I think it's time to spin that wheel. Oh, let's hear it. Hurry, 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 hurry! Ooh. Okay. <laughs> Who's up first? It is, oh, Reagan Ripley. Look at that. Hey, all right. Reagan. Here we go. Hey, Reagan, you want to sniff some poppers? I hear it makes sex amazing and relaxes your anus. <laughs> I don't know, Ralph. I appreciate the offer, but I've heard poppers can be kind of dangerous. You survived. <laughs> and just to be clear, you rhymed anus with dangerous? It totally works. Don't question it, Alex. <laughs> Not going to. I love it. <laughs> okay, up next is Devin Rhodes. Devin, my goatee is itchy, and I think it needs some oil. But the <gasps> oh, <laughs> hey, hey you, I'm trying to do a show over here. Don't you see the big red light on that says we're recording? Okay, uh, I, Devin, I let's try to that God, again. I'm so sorry. Is, that dog is tearing us apart. Okay, Devin. Uh, my goatee is itchy, and I think it needs some oil. <laughs> but the only goatee oil salesman in town treats me like I'm royal. He has deep brown eyes and treats me like a princess. My heart flutters when he smiles. I might give in to his advances. So I stay home and scratch my chin instead of taking chances. You survived. Didn't you say goatee salesman? He's a goatee oil salesman. Oh, oil okay. made specifically for goatees. I got, I got you. Okay. Okay. Cool. <laughs> Way to survive. Wasn't that obvious, Alex? It was. I don't know what I was thinking. I'm not sure. Uh, she's not going in there. She's not no. going to go in there and get that, that, that oil from that goatee oil salesman because she doesn't trust herself. Smart, smart, smart. She thinks she'll fall for him. She yeah. might end up in bed. Yep, and that's... In his oily, oily bed. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> All right, up next is Aslan Chase. Aslan, my friends are piercing parts the Lord didn't intend for us to pierce. 
I already told them I don't want to, but Kendra can be so fierce. Come on, Aslan, don't be scared. Besides, it'll look bitchin'. No, Kendra, I don't want one. Now help me clean the kitchen. You survive. <laughs> oh, all right. Well Good job, done. Aslan. Well done. So you're submitting now that getting pierced uh, is a reason for a killer to kill you? I think, Alex, it probably depends on where you've pierced yourself. Oh, I see. I think if it's anywhere near your bedroom area, that, you know, the killer might see that as, uh, you know, unsavory behavior, I think is what we've been referring it. Uh, I do. Referring it, fuck, I can't talk, dude. Referring to it as? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I need help with my grammar and my speech. Help me, somebody. Oh, don't help him. Nobody help him. Help me! Help me! Okay. Up next, Magda, Magda Thruple or Thruple. Thanks for asking me how to pronounce it since you're just going to completely ignore my theory. Magda Thruple. We'll go with Thruple. It's okay. a threesome couple, right? All right. Yeah. Magda Thruple. You've heard about killers and their rules and that sex comes with a price. But you wonder if it counts if you hump your pillow while you dream about scary spice. Oh. Your pillow is between your legs as you look up at your poster of the Spice Girls above your bed. But your conscience prevails, and so you wipe those sinful thoughts from your head. You survive. You survive. Scary Spice was my favorite. Way to go, Magda. Way to not... I mean, I don't know. Would that get you killed? Humping your pillow? Dreaming about scary? Well, I mean, your intentions are, you know, to orgasm. So you can't even have sex with yourself or you could get killed. Well, I mean, so are, are we? What, are, what we're deciding today is here is that beaten off gets you killed. God, I wouldn't say it that way. That sounds so gross. All right, H- have we made Avalon wait long enough to find out what happens? I think just long enough. Avalon's new, I think, to the show. I think this is Avalon's first time coming on, <laughs> and we're killing her immediately. Well, you don't know that. This is a long one, so hang on, everybody. Okay, Avalon, you are getting an epic turn here. Okay, Avalon. It was a dark and stormy night in the town of Dead Man's Knee. A girl you hate is hanging from a rope above the sea. You should probably save her, but she's bullied you all year. Instead, you simply stand and watch as she screams in fear. You finally decide to help her, but you're a second too late. She falls and breaks her body, a simple twist of fate. And as you stand at the cliff's edge, looking down at her body below, a masked man joins you on the cliff, then picks you up and says, hello. He lowers you down over the cliff, but the ledge he lets you hold. He watches you dangle high above the craggy rocks, He smiles at you and says, I'd hate to be in your socks. The man gets up and walks away, but first he takes a bow. Your grip is weakening rapidly. It won't be long now. Whoa. God, I got goosebumps. That was beautifully written, well-constructed, and actually longer than the original short story, The Mangler. So that was that was well done. That was well done. Sorry to see you go, though. Uh, you know that that was uh, you. You got a good death for your first time playing. That was a pretty good kill. Oh, uh, anyway, uh, you want to go to break? Let's do it. All right. 
For a creepy ass service you can't deny, call 555-182. Are you sick of annoying ads tainting your podcast experience? Yeah. Yeah. He said taint. Sounds like a job for Ad Killer. Our patented Ad Killer algorithm stalks down the ads that annoy you most and kills them. This is Slasherville Mayor Gormack. Head over to adkiller.pizzapie and click on the link for a free trial. Do it now. Go right now. Within seconds, those ads harshing your mellow podcast enjoyment will be a thing of the past. Dead and gone. Go now. Try it for free right Hello and welcome back to Slasher. Welcome I back hardly to know Slasher. I am I the hardly you son of her. a bitch. Oh yeah, it's your week, though. <laughs> uh, please, uh, we run into this a lot, not just on the show, but in our personal lives. Mm-hmm. Alex is the star. He wants me to be the Robin to his Batman, <laughs> the Thelma to his Louise. The uh... <laughs> you are the Thelma to my Louise. Come on. Uh, I don't actually know which was the the more uh, star uh, of Thelma and Louise. Uh, admittedly, I've never seen Thelma and Louise. Neither have I. Uh, is that going to be my choice this week? Hmm? Ooh, <laughs> Alex. It is. Hey, speaking it? of that, I, I actually thought it would be fun if like once a year we surprised each other with a non-horror movie okay. we had to watch. Okay. I, I'm in for that because, you know, I keep talking about this one movie that I want to do so bad, but it's not horror and there's no way I can like make it horror. I cannot rationalize it being a horror movie, but I want to do it. So yeah, maybe that's a, that'd be nice. So if, if we do it once a year and I do it and you do it, so that means there would be two non-horror movies a year. It'd be one month of non-horror. Hmm. Well, listeners, let us know what you think about it. Give us a shout out on that Instagram and be like, I love that idea. Hey, I hate that idea. He, I love Micah. I hate Alex. Or something like that. You know how else you can get a note to us if you don't want to go on Instagram? Because if you're like me and kind of hate it, uh, but don't hate the interwebs, you can head on over to what's our website, Micah? Get slashed. Oh, you, didn't, you didn't say it like you normally do. Get <laughs> there you go. Getslash.com. And uh, just click on the contact us tab. There's a lot of ways to contact us. You can give us a phone call, leave us a message. We have a contact form. Our email address is up there. There's lots of ways that if you want to, maybe you have a movie that you want us to do or uh, a suggestion on something you'd like to see us try, or uh, maybe you hate it when we do one thing and you'd like to let us know what bastards we are. Uh, just yeah. head over to getslash.com. We're also writing articles or putting stuff up, kind of still putting the website together, but it looks pretty good. Looks way better on uh, on a PC or you know on an actual computer than it does on a phone, though. I, I well, that's no problem because nobody surfs on their phones anymore. Yeah, Everybody's right. sitting at their personal mm-hmm. computer. Yeah, it still works. Nobody, nobody's just, on a couch with an iPhone. I just, just don't you know, like the around. way it looks as much uh, on on the on the phone. But I suppose you could click up there. You know, you can always click in the little thing on your on your phone and say, "I'd rather see the desktop site." 
this website's going to need a lot of work. People, I, I wish more people gave us a good old fashioned phone call. I want, I want to just hear people call us and too. ramble on incessantly about you know things they love or hate or would like to see on the show or just whatever is uh, you know they're thinking about that. People day. Hate, call us and, and tell us about your random thoughts and ideas. People hate talking on the phone these days, and I think people probably if they're calling a show, they probably fear that you're going to use their call on the air. You know. Uh, which, yeah, we totally will. Oh, I was going to say we wouldn't do that if... Uh, I mean, we would never do that. <laughs> well, I mean, we would let you know, I guess, if we were going to do it. <laughs> I, I think they should just assume that if they call us, it's it, it, there's a potential that it could show up in the show. I think they do, and I think that's why we don't get very many phone calls. You know, we haven't really set up any scenes. Uh, speaking of scenery, uh, did you notice throughout you've been talking about all the set design and how much you loved it and stuff but if you really paid attention you could see all the bite marks and uh chew marks from robert england wait bite marks and chew marks what are you talking about because he spent this entire movie chewing up the scenery (laughs) this guy okay okay (laughs) i mean it was i thought it was Fan damn tastic! Mm-hmm. I love these over the top performances. Oh. I think every performance in the movie was over the top. He every every performance in the movie was over the top. I mean, every character, whatever character they were, they were the nth degree of that. You know, I, I liked mean, his like, makeup. I liked his 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 glassy mm-hmm. uh, glossy oh, did you eye. Not, did you love his, his glasses? One that had nothing in it, and one that was covered. You know, it was like yeah, yeah, that was phenomenal. And <laughs> I remember that stuff. I remember the boxes at the video store when I was a kid. I really wanted to see this movie, but I wasn't allowed to because, you know, it was a horror movie. We didn't watch R-rated films, but this was one that I was like, oh, my God, The Mangler. I've got to see didn't, that. I didn't know it was a movie. I mean, maybe I did, but, I mean, it certainly mm-hmm. was not on my radar in any way whatsoever. But, yeah, Robert England, like, he ate this up. I mean, he... He leaned into this hard. But like you said, everybody did, really. I mean, everybody yeah. played their role to the nth degree. And I'm, I don't think there was a lot here in the script for actors to do a lot with. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't think the writing was amazing. Uh, the dialogue See, was... See, I loved the script. Really? I thought the it was dialogue? fantastic. I love the dialogue. I love the script. It was just... <laughs> weirdly specific uh, and I thought it gave the actors a lot of a lot of opportunities to to go over the top I think you kind of stand alone here you know this is a, a like a 27 or something on Rotten Tomatoes oh no I know this is a uh, I think universally panned movie and uh, I think it deserves a second shot I think Stephen King might have the rights to this one back you know writers get the rights they can you know, they can claim the rights to works they've sold 30 years after they sold them. Uh, and so I think this might be one of the ones that he has the rights back to, because I think it was sold maybe in the early nineties. Yeah. And so, I mean, whatever the case, Stephen King is claiming the rights to his material right and left. I mean, he's just grabbing it all back. So that's why you're seeing things like the new pet cemetery and stuff like that, because, He's snatching them back, and then he's re-optioning them. And uh, so, you know, we very well could see another Mangler. Uh, I mean, I don't know if the world's ready, but we could see it. 
In case you were wondering about this script, it is highly quotable. Let me give you a, a, a one quick quote from uh, the movie. Do. This is when someone is being killed by the mangler, uh, and uh, Sherry is like, Mr. Gartley, that's uh, uh, Robert England's character, do something. And uh, he says, do something? She wants me to do something. I'll do something. I'll do a little dance. Yeah. That's what I'll do. I'll do a little jig for you, Sherry. In that dance, he just walks in a circle because he's got these ridiculous, like, shiny leg braces on. They were these gleaming-ass leg braces. Nothing in this movie is gleaming or shiny with the exception (laughs) of Robert England's leg braces. And so he doesn't even, like, do any kind of jig. He literally, like, walks in a circle, and that's his dance. I want to get a shirt made that says, It folded her like a sheet, Mark. (laughs) You know what I think is weird about this movie is that, you know, this takes place in modern times, right? Mm-hmm. It, it looks like present day for 95, but dear God, the way they treat the people who work at Blue Ribbon Sheets, it's like yeah. they're slaves, you know? Yeah. It's like, get back to work! We get know- out of here! I'm surprised nobody pulled out a whip. That, well, you know, there's a big sign over the door or whatever that says, you know, something in Latin that means, I think it's in Latin, but... It means your work will set you free, which is what they had uh, at the Auschwitz work camp. Oh, that was the the sign there. So definitely a a nod to how horrible the conditions are there. Yeah, my wife was like, God, somebody should call OSHA. And it was like, this is (laughs) this is 95. I mean, OSHA is a thing like OSHA should be there. It was rough. And if you got killed in the Mangler, like production didn't shut down. They just no, they keep on working. They just They've kept got on going, man. Press. Yeah. Here's what I don't understand. If he's like, uh, okay, so in the movie, uh, Robert England's character, Mr. Gartley, is in control of everything. He owns mm-hmm. the cops. He owns the politicians. Mm-hmm. So he's rich and powerful. But blue ribbon sheets? That that's what got him all rich and powerful. I guess so. A sheet I mean, pressing factory. It's you got to admit it's a hell of a factory. The fucking thing's huge. I mean, they must be doing a lot of business. It is a massive ass factory. I mean, it does look like they had nearly twenty employees in that. I know, <laughs> right? Area. Are we only seeing one area? Is there a lot more production going the, well, on? Well, there in has the rest to be because the, the factory itself was massive. So we are. I mean, and that is another thing. So what do you see? You see Ted Levine's home. You see like the police station. You see the laundry facility, and that's about it. I mean, that brings something up. That that that's uh, one thing I think this movie could have benefited from was having like one other place or mm-hmm. one other like subplot going on because it was just a lot of uh, the cop being pissed off, people getting pulled into this sheet folding machine, and you know it was a lot of factory and a lot of marking going. I think it's possession what that's crazy you're stupid this is bullshit i think they want virgin blood what come on that's bullshit i think it might be possessed ha possessed come on like they go back and forth with this bullshit forever until finally we can talk about the scene with the refrigerator let's get into the scene with the refrigerator it is uh dark it's weird and i got some questions about it so uh, uh, the movie starts off at the factory and I think the first person who gets uh, hurt by the machine is Sherry, right? And she's our virgin. And it, and she gets some blood in the machine. And it, it was because 
Was it something to do? No, was it, was it the old lady? Anyway, they bumped the refrigerator. Sparks come out. There's two delivery men bringing in an old-fashioned refrigerator. And who does it knock into the machine at that point? I can't remember. Was that the old lady? I think it's the old lady, I think. it yeah. had. I think it had to be because they, they wouldn't have just brought him in for an accident. So there had to be a death. Right. That's why the, um, for anybody who doesn't want to watch this movie, that's why the cop is involved at all. Because people keep getting yanked into the mangler. And so the cops are now investigating it to you know see what's up. That's why there's a cop at all. So we come back later in the film. We see these guys again. They're delivering a uh, refrigerator. I, is it the same refrigerator? Does the boss was, was he like get that out of here? So they're taking it to somebody's house. Yeah. Well, the officer gets a call about a crime, and he has to go. And here's this refrigerator. Mark, who believes in the supernatural, and is saying that the the mangler you know, might, might be possessed. And our officer, uh, which is played by, what was his name? Wild Bill, Buffalo Bill, the Ted guy Levine. from uh, Silence of the Lambs. Yeah. Great guy. Great actor, at least. I don't, I don't know. Maybe he's an asshole in real life, but I love him in everything. <laughs> he's very angry in this mm-hmm. movie. Um, so they go and there's this refrigerator and apparently a kid died. Um, the refrigerator broke his arm in six places I'm not sure how that killed him. Did he get suffocated? What happened? But he, got tra- he's dead. He, got, he got trapped in the fridge, but then okay. when they take him out, his arm is broken in six places or something. Okay, okay. So uh, our officer's there, and uh, what's his name? What is the officer's name? Officer John... John Hunton. John Hunton. Uh, so John and Mark is the, the his brother-in-law, right? Yeah. Yeah, so John and Mark, they go and... Uh, Mark sticks his hand in the refrigerator. First, they open it, and there are a couple of dead birds and one that's still alive. Mm-hmm. And he reaches in to get it. It's like a, I don't know if it was a dove or a pigeon or something like that. Well, the refrigerator starts slamming on Mark's arm and holding it, and he can't get out. <laughs> and they finally get out, at which point... Uh, <laughs> our, movie is our officer, John, he's pissed. He's like... You have a hammer. Where's your hammer? And the people who live at the house are like, back there. And he goes, he comes back with a sledgehammer, beats the shit out of this refrigerator, uh, at which point these blue swirling lights and fog are coming out of the top of it. It's huge. It reminds me of the movie Poltergeist. And uh, yeah, now now he's a believer. He's like, okay, something's going on that's not natural. He starts to believe it. It was a beautiful scene. Gave me goosebumps. (laughs) First off, the fridge is an old icebox, right? It looks like a fridge from the 1940s. It has a weird, like, electrical tube coil on top of it, which makes no sense. Maybe I think that's where they used to be. I think it used to be on top back in the day instead of underneath. It's very recognizable. It is not of the time because this is in the yeah. 90s. I mean, he's driving like a you know 95 Jeep Cherokee through the whole thing at 85 miles an hour up and down his driveway. And so we know it's contemporary. The fridge is bizarre and old. So one, I got so many questions about this. Why is it being delivered to someone's house at all? Because if they were getting rid of it, uh, Robert England's character, Mr. Gartley, is a real son of a bitch. I don't think he's donating fridges to people. And then the delivery drivers at the very start of the movie, they get into like a thing where they're like blocking the road and uh, Ted Levine's cop character 
can't get through. And so he jumps out and he's like, you sons of bitches, you know, move your car or whatever. And they're shitty to him. And uh, he's like, oh, well, you know, I'm a cop. And so then he like helps them unload the fridge or something. The fridge falls on him. So he has this whole interaction with these guys. It's a, it's a, it's a nonsensical scene. Then we get to the scene where the kid has been, you know, killed by this thing. And Ted Levine's talking to the homeowners, and he's like, you know, where'd this fridge come from? What do you mean, where'd this fridge come from? It <laughs> fell on you yesterday. This old 1920s refrigerator fell on you. You yelled at the delivery drivers. They were going up the street next to your house. What do you mean, who delivered this? And the people are like, it's not ours. We didn't ask for it. Somebody just brought it. And he's like, who brought it? And what do you mean, who brought it? You spoke to them you helped them unload the fucking fridge it fucking fell on you that made absolutely no sense to me yeah yeah this whole movie was wonderful i I, (laughs) there's so many things i love about it i mean i I think it just kept it just kept going and it gave you everything you could want from a movie uh in the acting in the scripts i mean in the action it was you know what i think you're gonna do micah i'll tell you what i think you're gonna do I think Start you're gonna, a Mangler fan club? I think you're going to talk this fucking movie up the entire time, and when it comes time to rate it, you're going to be like, two. That's what I think. That's what I think is gonna, you're planning here. I think that's what you're doing to me. You're gaslighting me, telling think, me how wonderful. Think I think you're gaslighting me is what I think. Um, that said, I mean, there are that, that was inexplicable. There are some other inexplicable things to talk about in this movie without question uh makeup choice of makeup Mm -hmm. characters Mm -hmm. (laughs) the character named picture man uh, oh i'm so glad you brought that up i was gonna say we've got to get to the creepy crime scene photographer we will indeed but before we do it let's do some final girl Last round, we lost the poor Avalon Inya. Beautiful name. Do you see oh, how she we... died? She fell off a cliff, and and for nothing more than hesitating about saving the girl who <laughs> she had was bullied basically her. An her accessory life. to murder at that point. But did you see how we almost said round two at the exact same time? Like we are getting so in sync that we're almost finishing each other's sandwiches. Yes. Yeah. That was... Yeah. Oh, that's perfect. <laughs> I know that's what you were hoping I was You know, that is exactly what I was hoping you were saying. We actually are in tune. (laughs) Well, we're going to have to agree to disagree, Alex. I I don't think Avalon deserved to die, and I hope that wherever she is, she's in a better place now. You wrote the rhyme. Yeah, wait, listen. I I am not coming up with these. I I am not the creator. Alex, I serve only as a conduit. I see. Through which the spirits speak. I see. Well, okay, well, then it's really the spirits who chose that she died. The fate, it was the will of death. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's get to round two. Okay, let's First get... up, it is Aslan Chase. Hey, hey. Aslan, we're on a dangerous mission to colonize Mars. We're running out of coffee and candy bars. I see a Snickers staring at me from up on Sandy's bunk. She doesn't need it anyway. She's got enough junk in her trunk. But no, that wouldn't be right. Everyone gets the same. Instead, I eat my space protein pack, even though it's totally lame. You survived. (laughs) Oh, I'm glad to see you made it through to the next round. Way to keep it honest, Aslan. You didn't take that Snickers. (laughs) 
<laughs> All right. Up next, Magda Thruple. Uh-oh. It's written in the Bible, thou shalt not be a slut. Thou shalt not have any fun, nor do it in the butt. This is what you preach to the girls in the locker room, because you're a good young lady who knows that sex spells doom. Mm. You survived. <laughs> good for you. I mean, I'm sure that the girls in the locker room might kill you, but our killer <laughs> did not. Now the killer's behind you 100%. Mm -hmm. It's like, mm -hmm. way to go, Magda. You're one of the good ones. <laughs> I, I, just side note, I hate our killer's voice. <laughs> Fuck yeah, Magda, you tells him. All right, up next, Reagan Ripley. Let's all pinch the weird girl and take her lunch money, your ringleader says. But you say no, stop, that's not funny. You survived. <laughs> well done. Let's pinch her. Uh, pinch her and take her lunch money. Well, I think, I mean, there's no question being a bully gets you killed in horror. I yeah, mean, that, I agree. There's not, that's not even worth arguing about. All right, finally, in round two, we have Devin Rhodes. Oh, Devin. Another first-timer, I believe. Devin, thank you well, for playing. Luckily, we're killing off everyone who's new to the show. <laughs> well, I mean, only one. I know, one. it's the there wheel can, of death. I get it. There can be only one, Alex. There can be only one. Mm -hmm. Okay, Devin, let's find out what happens. Okay, Devin, you grab your flashlight and crouch down low. Down on your knees, almost like fellatio. Is that why Pamela killed you? Because you were on the ground? But you weren't even doing sex. You were investigating a sound. Does Pamela kill people on their knees? Because it reminds her of acts of sleaze? Guess you'll never know because it's too late for you. You look up from where you're kneeling and she says boo. That's when she sticks you with her sharpest toy. And as you die, she whispers in your ear, you should have been watching, my boy. <laughs> you died. That's great. Damn. That was a work of art. You really are a conduit to some greater greater uh, author, I guess. So here's the deal. Uh -huh. uh, Philly Tips Clemson Esquire, uh -huh. who, uh, you know, Clemcore is our biggest sponsor. Sure. Uh he brought something up. He noticed in the first Friday the 13th, and I think maybe the second, that it seemed like a lot of people who got killed were kneeling when it happened. And to which really? I was like, okay, hang on a second. If they're kneeling, is that some kind of metaphor for sex for blowies or something like that? Maybe. Is that why we're killing kneelers? Well, Devin, you're dead, and I guess it's for no other reason than that you got down on your knees yeah. to explore something, so Pamela did not like that, and you are dead. But please come back, play with us again, and uh, when we come back, we're going to jump into a lot of things. We've got crunchiest kills to hand out. We've got what else are you into, and we're going to talk about this very creepy photographer who shows up in the movie, one of my favorite characters Picture Man. in 1995's The Rambo, JJJ Picture Man. <laughs> Creepy dude, like his makeup. The whole time I'm trying to figure oh, we're, out we're who he talk was. About makeup. We're talking. All about right, we'll a get to that uh, first. Let's take a break and uh, yeah, stay tuned.
96.66 The Black. I'm your host for the next three hours, Marcus Down to Cloud. Taking you downtown. We all float down here. Couple quick updates to get to you. If you're traveling on Interstate 666 between Mausoleum and Poltergeist, traffic is backed up all the way to the 10 blah blah blah. <laughs> A slash of the Titans chicken truck jackknife sending the little buggers scattering all over the road. Slasherville PD says a pack of werewolves have swarmed in and they're having a lichen throwdown. Chicken pots are everywhere. Drivers are warned to stay clear of the area. Friday's summer school homecoming game between the Slasherville sickos and the Death Valley High Vultures is slated for midnight. The witching hour. Fans are asked to bring their own coffins as seating is extremely limited since the bleachers were swallowed by that mysterious sinkhole back on April 1st. Speaking of which, 96.66 The Black is still taking donations to help exercise the demons that seem to be associated with that hole. Apparently, they are fat. Straight ahead, Cannibal Corpse, Slaughterhouse, and Slayer in a melt-your-face threesome. Pull your covers up to your chin, Slasherville. The nights are getting hot and long, and the devil is knocking at your door. Welcome back to the show. Uh, this is uh, this is a good one. This was Micah's pick, 1995's The Mangler. It was 95, right, Micah? Yeah, 1995 is when this movie came out. Oh, you, you I know, see what you're up to. This really got me thinking. I, I was wondering, <laughs> what the hell else was happening in 1995? Uh, well, I'll tell you. Take uh, us there. A, I'll take you Won't on a little you? trip to 1995. In the year 1995, in the year 1995, uh, we had the O.J. Simpson trial. Mm. Uh, a fellow named Timothy McVeigh blew up the federal building in Oklahoma City. Oh, wow. Uh, Jerry Garcia, uh, the, uh, the Grateful Dead, died. Mm-hmm. Had some movies come out that year. Babe, Braveheart, The Usual Suspects. And the Oscar for Best Picture went to Forrest Gump. That's I'm, I'm telling you, if it's on TV, I'm watching it. Yeah, that's a good one. It's like Shawshank to me. I will stop and I will watch Forrest Gump. Shawshank. Oh, I haven't seen that in years. I loved that uh, movie. But when that it, was like, when I would watch that one over and when over When Shawshank's again. on, you stop. Yeah. I mean, like you stop and you at least watch a little bit. Yeah, there's so many great parts. And uh, God, I re- I've watched that movie so many times. I think I could probably just quote it as I watch it. And just, God, just me too. Me too. And uh, you know what else? Green Mile, also a prison movie, also Stephen King. I, yep. s- I stop, I watch Green Mile if it's on. Try not to watch it yep. again because it's sad. But uh, who would think, like, if you were like, hey, Stephen, what do you work on? It's like, nah, I'm working on a prison movie. It's like, but, or a prison novel. But you did, you did Shawshank already. And mm-hmm. this isn't going to work. You've, you've done your definitive prison uh, novel. And then you do Green Mile, and it's amazing. He just came back and did it again. I mean, it was yeah, it's phenomenal. All right. In addition to all that wonderful news of 1995, let's talk about the scary movies that came out the same year as The Mangler. My favorite part. We had 
species. She wants to have a baby. She'll kill anyone that gets in her way. Tales from the Hood. Chill. Or be chilled. Seven. Oh, what's in the box? What's in the fucking box? Vampire in Brooklyn. Jesus said and Jesus went. Jesus heard and Jesus walked over. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Ice Cream Man, Candyman 2, Demon Knight, Extro Part 3, Piranha, Carnosaur Part 2, and I, I think that's all the scary movies from 95, Alex. I don't think I left a single one out. There were some good ones in there, though. I'm you know, kidding, by oh. the way, Alex. I left out a little Scream. movie you might have heard little, of little called, called Halloween Six, oh, Curse of Michael be, Myers. I thought it was going to be Scream. Uh, uh, how, isn't that your favorite? Uh, well, I think you're confusing Friday the 13th Part 6 as being my favorite. Oh, that's right. But, that's right. Uh, I'm a silly dum-dum. No, but I love Halloween five and, 4, 5, and 6. I love 4 and yeah. 5 a lot more, but yeah. Absolutely. Those are those are good ones. Uh, and uh, I won't go on my Halloween tirade. Yes, I will. Here we go. It bothered me when Jamie Lee came back on for uh, H2O. They ignored everything that happened after one. So it's one in there in this imagining. It's one and then H2O, right? And that bothered mm-hmm. me because Donald Pleasance, the guy who played Dr. Loomis, the only person who had any hope of, you know, stopping Michael Myers and, and no one would ever listen to him, even though he was the guy, Donald Pleasance had basically devoted a good, huge portion of his life to this franchise and then yep. had died. And then Jamie mm-hmm. Lee comes back on and they're like, eh, fuck it. You know, we, we didn't, none of this existed. And, you know, since then, most movies have ignored that. Every reimagining of this ignores that that existed and that bothered me right i mean like this mm-hmm. guy this mm-hmm. this is part of his life and then daniel harris one of the biggest stars to come out of the halloween franchise loved by horror fans everywhere so we're just discrediting her work i mean we're just like discounting it rather uh i hate that uh, and i love some of those movies i love those movies so word there, there you go uh so let's jay yeah. jay jay Picture Man. Picture Man. JJJ Picture Man. Who, Give me your thoughts on JJJ Picture Man. I had a lot of thoughts. Uh, at least I have uh, I have enough that will take up more time than you wish they would. Uh, <laughs> he currently, in his current uh, IMDb photo, which, you know, even if it's 10 years old, is younger than he was as the, the photographer. Right. The old man makeup on him reminds me of do you remember those old six flags ads with the old oh, man yeah, yeah, that danced yeah. but it wasn't an old man that were <laughs> oh, <my God. laughs> and, and you couldn't look away it was like it was like horror eye candy it was awful it was so hard to watch and so they put him in this old man makeup for absolutely no reason i do believe he also played the coroner i think yeah yeah he plays the mortician when as he was well. young right and uh-huh. And then you've got Robert England, who they stick all that makeup on. So he's so much. There's no reason that he has to be that much older. So, yeah. I mean, think of all the hours in the makeup chair these guys are, are, are spending. When for Picture Man, JJJ Picture Man, they could have just cast an old guy. 
They could have, but I'm glad they didn't because I loved Picture Man. I thought he was fantastic. Okay. He did such a good job and was such a great actor, and it was such a creepy, totally memorable role. That, okay. I mean, okay. Yeah, why? Fantastic. Why was his camera so old? Why was and his why did he so just old? leave his light bulbs all over the place? He was a litter bug. He'd just pop out one of those light bulbs and walk around I and mean, just leave it behind. It's 1995, man. I mean, he could have <laughs> oh, had oh. a regular camera. He's got an old flashbulb camera from, like, the 40s. Why? Why does he why? have that? I don't know why they made that choice, but I'm so happy they did because <laughs> it just made the movie that much more bizarre. And it I love that bananas. character. It, it was bananas. I mean, a good portion of this movie had to go to special effects makeup, right? Because they, I mean, Robert England's a major player in it, and they're sticking him in that makeup every day. Why? Yeah. Why? I don't know, but I love the makeup. I love the big, fake, fluffy gray eyebrows, the the glassy, glossy blue eye. It was like the watching hair. a theater production. I mean, it, it was. It was so much like a theater production. Yeah, absolutely. The lighting was like a theater production. The sets, it was. I I, I love it when they do it like that. It really um, kind of when you really think of it that way. When you when you say that, it it was a lot like that. I mean, like the Mangler itself. It was an amazing looking machine. It looked it looked great. It didn't match anything else in that warehouse. It was this like beat out cast iron looking thing, and it it just looked like they had yanked it off the set of Batman Returns. It does. You know, I think that's one of the things I loved about this movie is, you know, so a lot of movies uh, will will try to be as realistic as possible. Let's make this story completely convincing and real. And the mangler just embraces the fact that this is a story. This is a yarn. Let's tell it like a, a fairy tale. Do you know, and they do that. Yeah. Do you know the mangler was actually voiced by someone? Oh, like the machine itself? The machine itself, the noises it made were voiced by a person. That person, anybody we know, <laughs> well, sort of. He was the voice of Winnie the Pooh, Tigger. Oh, wow, really? He was the voice of Darkwing Duck. Oh, uh, and his name is Jim Cummings. <laughs> but the amazing attention to detail that you're loving so much about this movie, they misspelled his name in the credits as Tim Cummings. And he was happy about it because he was like, I got to be in this terrible movie and nobody knew I was a part of it. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. I, here's what I don't understand. If it was so terrible and it bombed, how did they make two sequels? Well, that's not, I mean, that's not in any way weird. There are horror movies. I mean, that's a horror movie thing is it's a terrible movie. Nobody watched it. It made no money. There are five sequels to it. Uh-huh. <laughs> How does that even happen? I guess it I guess they're cheap to make. I'm I'm sure if we watched part two and three, I'm sure the production value that, you know, you're applauding doesn't exist. I'm sure they're straight yeah. to video, right? Yeah. And uh and they're just, you know, it, it costs X amount of money. In the end, it's a business deal. It's like, well, if I can spend, you know, as a, as opposed to spending a million can I spend 250,000 on this and yeah. will I make 300,000? Okay. I made $50,000. Like, I mean, like it, you look at it in financials and that, and I think that's why so many of these bad sequels get made. The Mangler two has your boy, uh, Lance Hendrickson in it. Oh, He's the really? Yeah. I do love Lance Hendrickson. I, he is the star and a girl named Chelsea Swain. And it came out in 2002. So oh. seven years after the original. Yeah. Yeah. 
Okay, okay. Well, and then there is the Mangler Reborn. I think that's the third in the Mangler series. So in this, we we get as we get closer to the end, we you know as you said, Ted Levine finally gets on on board with this. He realizes it is the blood of a virgin. So they go over to the virgin's house. She she's uh-huh. a, she's a new employee at the uh, at the laundromat. She cut herself, got her her blood on the sheets. That's how the mangler got the blood of a virgin in the first place. And they go over to her house, and they're going to ask her some stuff. And of course, his brother in law, who's this is before Ted Levine's on board, I guess. Uh, the brother in law is like you know. Ask her if she's a virgin. He's like, I'm not going to do that. I'm a cop. I'm not going to do that. And so then <laughs> she's she's also chewing the scenery, for the record, uh, in, in this scene. And she's so timid and she's so demure. And she's the she's the niece, right, of Robert England? Isn't that right? right. She's uh, he He's her uncle. And he's not yeah. home because he basically lives at the laundromat. And... Mm-hmm. Uh, they go over and she's you know pretty welcoming and you know she's sad about everything that happened she's upset about everything and then uh, and then you know they're they're okay we're we're out of here and then the brother in law Mark uh, jumps in and goes you know are you a virgin and uh-huh. she uh-huh. then flips her fucking shit and screams get out of, get out of, get out of my out house of get out of my house. And uh, and he's convinced that you know she has to be a virgin. This is uh, once they get into why this is happening. This movie, which uh, again was it started off the rails. This is a laundry machine that's possessed and is killing people, but can only kill people when they do the basic mistakes that any laundry worker would do that would get them killed by this machine. Right? It's doing nothing. I want to point out once again. To drag these people into the machine. They're already, they're just going right up to it. They're putting their hands in it and getting drug into it. It has, I mean, any machine that did this would drag you into it. But, and I, and I love that if there was, you know, any consultation with the writing on this, that they were like, okay, well, how will we get this next victim into it? It's like, oh, we'll just have them walk up to it and stick their hand in it. And, and yeah, gold, write it down. And then, well, how we get this next one? Oh, they'll go up and they'll stick their hand in it. Uh, how about <laughs> how about when it catches our cop, Ted Levine? It catches his coat, right? Starts dragging him in. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> so as opposed to taking the coat off, he whips out his gun and starts shooting his coat free. He's shooting holes in his coat so that he can tear free. Yeah, don't take off the jacket. Just shoot holes he in it. Uh, shot uh, into a metal right. machine where it's going to ricochet and <laughs> blow your face off. Uh, it worked. It it cut his coat in half with his He did. He got out of there. Uh, was that the same coat that he later closes in the door of his Jeep Cherokee? It is. It is. <laughs> he wears that coat in every scene. He just yanks on it. Stupid piece of like uh, you know you could just open the door dude yeah he could open the door he could have taken the coat off he did you know what the deal was he would rather shoot holes in his coat shoot a line of (laughs) he used it like a saw his gun (laughs) until you know his coat was free he didn't want to take that coat off he didn't want to lose it he's he's literally wearing it in every scene with the exception of the very last scene where he has this weird little sweater on Mm mm-hmm 
I'm just bringing the daisies. All right. Uh, it was a great looking pullover. I think he got it from J. Crew. I think he. I think it's a J. Crew. It's an early J. Crew. Uh, uh, so bef- hey, he turned in a fantastic performance, by the way, Ted Levine. Ted Levine turns in a fantastic performance, no matter what he does or what horror movie he's in. And he has no mustache in this movie. Does he not? No mustache. Wow. Bro. It is actually rare to see him without a mustache, but uh, I love him, man. I love him. You know, he's the he's one of the main characters in Monk. You know, he's the he's the lead detective in Monk, and I I love that show. Silence of the Lambs, fantastic. Um, so before we wrap up this movie, you want to get to another round of Final Girl? Let's do it. All right, this is round three of Final Girl. We've already lost two lovely people. Avalon Inya, kick the bucket. Uh. After that was Devin Rhodes. What a way to go. Rest in peace. Uh, Now we're getting on to round three. Okie dokie. Who will be up first? Let's find out. It is Reagan Ripley. All right, Reagan. Reagan. I don't know if we've ever had a Reagan make it to the end. We've We've had had Reagan Ripley on before. I don't... I think she... she, Well, we had other Reagans, too, I think. And I don't think they've ever made it to the end. We've had other Ripleys as well. Reagan Ripley is a terrific name. Uh, Okay. Okay, Reagan Ripley. The attendant at toll booth on Highway 123 stretches her withered hand open to collect the fee. I don't know the price, you say. How much is the toll? She smiles and asks for you to give her your immortal soul. (laughs) You put your rambler in reverse as you yell, Have a nice day! And quickly turn your ride around to go another way. You survive. See, that's just smart right there. That's just being smart right there. You, yeah, you get out of there. You, that's weird. Yeah, you recognize danger and you extricate yourself. If a toll booth person has a crazy, weird with their hand and is asking for your immortal soul, mm-hmm. that's your clue to run. Yeah, you move on. Okay, number two is Magda Thruple. Mm. Magda. Your babysitter built a blanket fort in the living room. She says, come on in, but you have a sense of doom. No thanks, you say. I just remembered I have homework to do. You survived. All right. It's quick and easy. Quick and easy. Yeah. Yeah, I'll go in that blanket fort. It seems weird. Something's going on in there. Something's up. Something's up. Finally, Aslan Chase. Aslan. Don't push the red button, reads the signs on the walls. Uh, Reads the signs on the walls? (laughs) I think I read that wrong, Alex. Uh, It's possible. I think what I meant to say was, don't push the red button, read the signs on the walls. But no one tells you what to do. You've got great big balls. You push the big red button. The alarm begins to sound... Half a second later, you are swallowed underground. Wow. You died. I mean, that's just, I mean, come on. That's just everyday stuff. That's not even horror movie stuff. Don't, what happened there? I mean, don't do that. It, 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 it was very clear. Don't hit this Literally, button. Literally, Aslan, there were signs that said, don't push the big red button. All signs pointed to not pushing the big red button. And you did it. And I don't know. Was it demonic? Was it a killer? Was it just, just a manufacturing place? It's, Whatever happened. I mean, sounds like just basic safety to me. Sometimes yeah. I wonder if it didn't release one of those things from from Star Wars, whatever that big thing is that comes out of the sand and gobbles you up. You know, Boba Fett's trying to get away, and they're trying to throw Luke off the plank or whatever. Well, uh, I mean, you're ref- Job of the Hut. You're referring to the Sarlacc pit. 
So Yes, thank you, nerd. <laughs> the Sarlacc pit. That's what I was looking for. <laughs> yeah. No problem. Happy to help. Happy to help. It it, it really uh it was beneficial to me. I feel good now. Did you ever see that Tauntaun sleeping bag they had? You're damn right. The it, zipper handle was a lightsaber, and you open it up and sleep in the guts. Yeah, it's been in. It's been on my Christmas list every year since I saw it. No one's ever bought it that for was, me. That's a oh really? I might mm-hmm. all right. I'm gonna hold on to that little idea because I think it's pricey. Is it? I think so. It's just a sleeping bag. Yeah, well, it's a tauntaun. It is. It is much more than a sleeping bag. That's I right. remember seeing that on some website called ThinkGeek.com. Yeah. God. Probably twenty years ago. Yeah, it's it's been around. It's been around. Maybe never, not quite that long, but fifteen years ago. Never seen one in person. Me neither. I've only seen them on the internets. All right. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, Aslan, rest in peace. We've got two players left. We will see who dies and who survives in the final round of Final Girl. And when we get back, we are also going to talk about what else we're into. And we will get to the amazing, spectacular finale of 1995's The Mangler. I know you're going to give it a two. You don't know me. <laughs> I know you, man. You're going to give it a two. Crossing these two species, you've opened the door for mass destruction if this, this creature was ever to escape. You show little faith, Peterson. This half-elephant, half-rhinoceros will become the greatest genetically engineered creature in the history of mankind. People will flock to see it. What do you call it? Elefino. You haven't given it a name? Elefino. Why... Why would you not know? Coming to theaters this fall, a genetic horror unleashed into the world. Will they survive? Elefino. All right, welcome back to the show, everybody. We are here with our extra special, extra crunchy guest, Dr. Alex, talking about 1995's The Mangler, Mm. starring Robert Englund, Ted Levine, directed by Toby Hooper, who we all know from uh, the director of the uh, groundbreaking Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and uh, also written uh, or based on a story written by Stephen King. So a lot of big names in horror are a part of the mangler. Yeah, but you know, we have even... make it great. <laughs> My guess is yes. Uh yes. you know, we didn't we haven't really even talked about the fact that Toby Hooper directed this. Uh I I find it interesting that he did. Uh it doesn't seem like it's up his alley. And uh I read somewhere it refer when I was looking at this movie it referred to this as late Toby Hooper. Not like late mm-hmm. like he's dead, which I know he is. Uh but like this was later in his career. And I didn't realize that. I, I, you know, I mean, I guess if you looked it up, maybe that's the case. But I, I thought he had continued. I didn't realize this was late in his career. I, I don't know why I'm babbling over this. Yeah, yeah. And I thought it was great to see Toby uh, with such command of the camera. I loved all the 
crane shots and dolly shots, the way they move the camera forward, around, up through the factory. Um, I, I, I really enjoyed it. I like the way they moved the camera in this movie. You know, I've, as much as I've panned this movie, it does look good. I mean, it uh, is a fun watch, and the production value is top top, you know, top notch. So, hmm. you know, that's all true. And watching this movie reminded me of going into uh, your local haunted house. Like uh, it was all good fog one, and lights and loud noises and blood and yeah, I really enjoyed it. I mean, everybody. I, I watched this movie with two people last night, my wife and a friend, and uh, everybody enjoyed it. Everybody thought it was a stupid ass movie. But Mm -hmm. we all enjoyed watching it. And, you know, I know that that's not always hand in hand. Sometimes we watch some of the stuff for this show. And at the end, it's like, well, we're not getting that two hours back, you know. And that said, this movie could have been a lot shorter. Yeah. Well, let's get into. Oh, wait, before we get into the finale, Alex, Mm -hmm. uh, I had a burning question on my mind, which is uh, what else are you into? What are you into? Into. Into. What are you into? What's all this screaming about? I'm so glad you asked. Uh, I mean, if you want to know what I'm doing in life, I am reading, oddly enough, Stephen King's uh, Stephen King on writing. Um, Ooh, that's a good. That's one of the best books on writing that I, I think has ever been written. I don't disagree, and I've read a lot of books on writing, and and I I really enjoy it. I love the way he turns a phrase. I I don't know if we mentioned I mentioned this on a pod one of our recent podcasts or not, but I'll just mention it again. So I'm reading that. I am working my way through uh the Tucker and Dale script. Tucker mm-hmm. and Dale versus Evil. I'm I'm reading that script and really enjoying that. Uh I guess I have a late version because it is almost everything on that page is on the screen. So I must have a pretty late version. Um yeah. And uh, then I'm going to work my way into a couple other scripts. Friday 13th Part 6, which you know is my favorite. And then what was the other script I told you I was, I was reading? Do you remember? Ooh, you told mm. me. I wish I, I could know. remember. It's Halloween. The original Halloween. That's right. That's right. So what are you into? Ooh, let's see here. I just picked up a new uh, horror anthology comic called Silver Coin, which follows around this nasty, nasty silver coin. Um, so different writers are giving their take on, on the coin and going through different things. And, you know, like it, uh, a guy uses it as a pick for his guitar and they become amazing rock and roll stars because of it. But then, you know, it destroys him. Uh, but I won't give away any of the other stories. That's the first one. So that's the silver coin. And then my son recently turned me on to a show that's been around for a while. I'm late to the party. It's called Love, Death and Robots, which is also an anthology series of short films some uh real some animated and uh the few that i've seen um have been damn good man this is impressive work so if you haven't seen love death and robots i think it's on netflix uh, it's definitely worth your time and man, i watched one called sunny's something or another about these fighting monsters and it was it was uh it was impressive dude it looked the am- animation is is fucking phenomenal so yeah, that's what I'm into. I'll check it out. All right, that's what we're into. And Alex, I got to wrap this up. I've got a carnival to. Get I know to. you've got a carnival. We still got to do the final round of Final Girl, and we've got to talk about the finale of this fucking movie and give out our crunchiest kills. Well, so let's talk about how this baby wraps up. Well, they, as I said earlier, they realized that uh, they apparently the size or the severity of the demon that you're dealing with depends on what invoked it. 
And so if it's just virgin blood, no big D. But if it's virgin blood and Belladonna, much mm. bigger demon. And they realize after they think that they've beaten this laundry machine and everything's done, that the woman who got crushed in it, who had the antacid, well, Belladonna is one of the ingredients in her antacid. And they realize that uh, right there at the moment when you think the movie's over and they're like, oh shit, which means a bigger demon has been invoked. And the laundry machine then gets up and becomes <laughs> mobile. Yeah, it's a monster now. It's chasing him through the factory, which yeah. turns out to be massive yeah. and goes like they're, they're running away. This The mangler is chasing them. It's now like the, the uh, what do you call it? The chains are now like arms mm -hmm. and it's running down this endless hallway. You've got Sherry and Ted and uh, Mark all running away as this thing's pursuing them. It looks great. It's fantastic. Uh, and then Mark it turns around. It does not look great. I loved it. it. I loved terrible. every second of it. It looks like CG from 1995. It looks... Uh, it, I was in heaven. Uh, it looks like cartoon anal beads. <laughs> It is not pleasant to look at. It it uh, makes no sense whatsoever. And it is barreling down the hallway like some sort of gorilla or something. Yes, and yes. it's it is rough. Mark uh, turns around. He's decided to whip out his book of, you know, spells or whatever and try to stop it that way. I is believe it a Bible, it's I'm not Bible. sure. Yeah, okay. <laughs> All right. Same difference. So. A book of spells. <laughs> Sorry, Bible. Uh, so he's yelling, uh, you know, whatever. Uh, I can't remember which verse he, he's yelling at the machine, but it doesn't work. The machine just takes him anyway. So Mark, Mark is gone. I really uh, thought Mark would make it too. And uh, my was wife, there a big red eye for a second? Just for a second, probably like a big red demon eye that looks probably. around the corner. Uh, I'm, I'm sure that that is the case. I have no idea. But my wife called it. She was like, Mark's going to die. And he did. Yeah. And I felt yeah, terrible because Mark was a great character. Okay. And then it gets even more crazy just when you think it's over uh, <laughs> for the second time. Mark's toast and Sherry and Officer John end up going through a door, running down this spiral staircase, which goes down forever. <laughs> <laughs> well, on it, on it, into it, the center it of the like earth, it goes down forever until they decide to jump off the staircase <laughs> or fall down the staircase, and then it's just about four feet down to the bottom. <laughs> that did not did not match up. Yes, they've jumped down the the infinite staircase, and within a second, they have landed in a puddle, <laughs> and, and they're fine. And it and it invoked a uh, a collective what in the room that I was in. Yes, absolutely. I was loving that. I was really happy when that just got weirder and weirder. Yeah. And then they get they, they get out of this this water. It's kind of like sewer or something like that. And they go into a pipe. And the monster's still there. I guess what fire's coming from up above and uh, the mangler has dropped into the water. I'm not sure what's going on there. Um. And so I don't remember how they actually defeat the mangler. How, how do they defeat it? Uh, did they just leave? Did they crawl out yep. of the pipe? I'm trying to I remember mean, right I'm now. Gonna, I remember them. I'm going to say because of my love for this movie that, yes, they defeated it by leaving. <laughs> that makes I as much they, sense as anything else in this movie. I just don't remember how they actually defeated it. They got away. Something happened to Sherry because she had to go back into the hospital. Yeah, she had to go um, to the hospital, which is and, a whole other thing. 
Yeah, so let's get to that. Uh, I, I can't remember right now what, what they did to defeat it exactly, but um, they get to the hospital. Uh, Officer John was to come visit Sherry uh, in the mm-hmm. hospital, but the doctor's like, wait till tomorrow. And uh, the doctor waves, and that's when we notice the doctor's missing a digit. Correct. Um, so, yeah, so we know something's going on there. He might be mangler people. Yeah, and he was real creepy. The doctor was creepy at this point. We've seen him yeah. already. He was in an earlier scene. But at this point, he's acting creepy, and he's like, no, no, you can't see her tonight. You see her tomorrow. And when he waves, he does have that missing finger. And then he remembers something that uh, Mark had said, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then we get to the next day when Officer is taking some flowers, presumably to Sherry. He shows up at the Mangler factory, or the Blue Ribbon Sheet factory, and lo and behold, the Mangler is still there. That machine is, is back, and it's functioning, and so... Somebody is yelling at the employees to get back to work, and we look up, and who is it but Sherry, who waves, and she, too, is missing a digit. She has turned. Now she's part of the Mangler, and the Mangler is a part of her. Yeah, and and, yeah. and she looks like Robert England. Like, she's got her braces on, like her leg braces, and That's I, right. I think she might have the eye, the missing eye or whatever. Uh, and according to Wikipedia... Uh, the end how they defeat the uh mangler can be summed up in two sentences suddenly something fails from the machine no it falls falls from the machine into the water and a mechanical wail ensues the machine draws back and becomes still and they escape so basically yes they left so they just left yeah something happened it's probably the carburetor Maybe it was this. Maybe I don't know. And also, maybe it was the timing belt. We all, yeah. I think it's probably the timing belt. That's always, you know, it, it sounds like it's a big <laughs> issue, but really, it's just something small, very easy, cheap. You got to get a good mechanic because if you get a bad one, they'll tell you it's a big thing, and really, it's just the timing belt. But uh, yeah, and also part of the the mythology that we learn there in the end is that uh, the rich people in this town have been sacrificing virgins to this machine for centuries or something their own children their own relatives 16 year old virgins that's right that's why his niece came up was because it was his turn and robert english one of his loved ones yeah and it's an unhappy ending you know uh officer john just leaves yeah well but why did he fucking show up at the factory with flowers she was supposed to be in the hospital she was in the hospital the night before and so then he shows up in his J crew with his little lilies, his batch of lilies or whatever. And he comes yeah. to the fucking factory. What the fuck would she be doing at the factory? I don't know. Maybe check the hospital and they said she's already checked out. Who knows? Yeah. Well, I, by this point I had checked out. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> I loved it. It was fantastic. All right. We've got three things left to do. Final yep. girl, final round, yep. crunchiest kill. Mm-hmm. Uh, and maybe it was just two things. Well, let's. We also have to pick a movie. Oh, we but, have to award um, it. Uh, yes, review the movie. That's <laughs> so. We have four things actually. Uh, so, what was your crunchiest kill? I'll just ask you now. Ah! Crunchiest kill. I kind of want to go first because you're going to steal mine. No. Okay. Please go first then. Robert England. Absolutely, the crunchiest kill. He gets taken into the Mangler, which is the Mangler for those who don't really understand how it works, is a sheet folder. I think it might press them too, but it folds them in these perfect little squares like you'd get at the hotel or whatever. And uh, so it folds Robert England in front of us. And it folds him like a sheet. So it's, you know, you. F- <laughs> I'm assuming you 
folded sheets at home, and you get to see Robert England right up till the very last fold. Pretty gruesome. Even found a website that was like, like unleashing shit on this movie for that scene because it was too gruesome. Oh come on, it was great. Mm. Uh, yeah. It was phenomenal. That would probably be my crunchiest kill if I had to give one. Well, I mean, you kind of have to because every that's the only time we actually see what happens and everybody gets killed in the exact same way in this movie. Yeah. Everybody yeah. gets killed in the exact same way. They all, I mean, I'm not going to go into it again. They get drugged into the machine. It's a bunch of rollers up front. You stick your hand in it, you get pulled in. Right? It's I just, liked the one at the beginning, too. The lady, uh, whatever, the Belladonna, uh, the older lady who got pulled in, she got folded. The, like, just flashes of that mm-hmm. where Ted Levine's looking at it, and then he finally throws up. <sighs> that was pretty cool. Well, you know it's bad if Ted Levine's throwing up. He's seen a lot. He's seen a lot. Um, okay, so we're going to agree on the crunchiest kill. Yeah, So for sure. I guess it's your movie. I'm going to let you assign what we are uh ranking i feel like i do it every week i I say oh we'll give it this many this what do you want to get okay uh how many uh jig dancing sheet factory (laughs) owners would you give the mangler uh how many uh jig dancing leg brace wearing sheet factory (laughs) owners would i give this now if this movie wasn't such a fun watch I would easily give it a three. I mean, there's just yeah. no question I'd give it a three. But because it was a fun watch, and I do like 90s movies, and there's so many bad 90s movies, right? And this, you know, this is a bad movie, but it's not a bad watch. I'm going to give this a five. Okay, five out of ten. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is one I would go back to again, and I might even watch the sequels uh, just because of how much I liked this first one. I'm going to give it... Nine out of ten jig dancing. Are you leg kidding brace me? Wearing See, factory. You're doing owners. our audience a disservice. Absolutely not. Go watch this movie. You're doing our audience a disservice. This movie is a piece of crap. I mean, let's be clear. This it is movie a piece is of crap. a beautiful work of art. This it has is almost the lowest F rating that it can have <laughs> on Rotten Tomatoes. Critics hate you know it, which what? means nothing. Fans hate it. Stephen King fans hate it. Horror it's movie fantastic. fans hate it. It is not a fantastic movie. This is not a fantastic movie. It, it is, is. It is worth disastrously a watch. underrated. See, you're and being dishonest. Will, you're being dishonest. I love it. You're being dishonest. I am not being, being dishonest. You are. You're being dishonest with our. Here's view. what I want you to do for a second. Mm. Consider the fact that I'm being genuine and that I actually love this movie. And I do. I am considering it. that. I'm saying though that you've thrown. With this rating, you've thrown your credibility out the window. Absolutely not. Mm. I have, if nothing, increased my credibility because this is one of those where you got to go against the flow. And you know what? You say, what? These people, these critics, they they, they misunderstood it. Critics always misunderstand a word. That's not the problem. Fans hate this movie. Stephen King fans hate this movie. Horror movie fans hate this movie. People who don't like horror movies won't even watch this movie. This is a terrible movie, but it's it is a wonderful one worth movie. watch. That's why I Go give it a five. It. Worth a watch, not a wonderful movie. 
Wow. Fantastic. You know what? You know I, what this banter reminds me of? What's this that? arguing? Basket case? Siskel and Ebert oh. back in the day. <laughs> I thought you were going to say basket case because I, I feel this like you like it. This reminds me of old old like TV show when I would see Siskel and Ebert uh, arguing. Well, yeah. this is, I mean, it's it's this is not made up. This is a I legitimate argument. I think this is the first argument. time where we have actually like, you know, been like, no, mm-hmm. you're wrong. So, I mean, the again, mangler polarizing. I... <laughs> Worth watching just for that's the first time it's split us like two tight pants. I it, it's true, but I want to be clear with everyone: this movie is a piece of crap that you should watch. It's a so good it's bad movie. A so bad it's good movie rather. This movie yeah. is not anything Micah has said, uh, <laughs> and I mean like. I don't know who I don't know who you're going to get on your side for this. If anybody watches this movie because of this podcast, they're going to agree with me. I, I we'll see, we'll see. You yeah. know, all right. Only well, the future can tell. There you have it. Good God, nine. Oh man. I mean, like my opinion of you lessened immediately. I I, I don't even know if I can keep up with the show. But yet we have to because we have a whole another round of Final Girl. Let's do it. All right. Final girl. The final round. We've done crunchies. Kill. What are you into? News of the year. This has all come down to this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We have two players left. Magda Thruple and Reagan Ripley. All right, Magda. This looks good for you. You were up first in round four of the final round. Okay, Magda. I'll give you my bubbles beanie, baby, if you let me tickle you where the duty comes from. <laughs> Gross, Jake. You're my cousin. No, you can't touch my bum. You survived. Good job, Magda. Yep. Yep. And even if you were in, I'm sure the whole duty line probably ruined it for him anyway. Okay. Which means Reagan Ripley. Oh, God. Let's find out what happens to you, Reagan. You've come a long way. Okay, Reagan. What about you, Reagan? Will you let me touch your butt? Sure, why not, Jake? You seem cool, as long as you keep your mouth shut. You let Jake grab your booty, and he gives you his beanie baby. Later that day, your skull gets impaled on a clothing hook in the dressing room at Old Navy. You died. (laughs) Cut and dry. You've done the wrong thing. Well, she let Magda's yeah, cousin no. touch her butt. You can't do that. You, yeah, obviously no. But I get it. It was for an, a very expensive beanie baby. I think Bubbles is worth like you know well over a hundred grand now, something like that. I can't uh, remember. I don't have any fucking clue. But I mean, obviously, it was a poor decision to make. So uh, we've got a winner now. Tell us how does our winner claim their prize. Direct messages on Instagram say, hey, I listened to the show. I heard that I won. And uh, we will say congrats. You survived and send you the mystery prize. And that's really all there is to it. Hop on Instagram. Send us a message. Let us know you heard us. And uh, let us know that you're the winner. Boom. You survived. Good job, Magda Thruple. Welcome to the show. And thank you for playing. Same to all you other first-time players. And Reagan, thanks for coming back. Thanks for listening to the show, everybody. We hope you enjoyed it, and we hope you enjoy The Mangler as much as we did. Go find it. It's so good, it's good. Do you you want me to pick a movie? Oh! (laughs) That! 
<laughs> okay. That, yeah. That thing okay. That if you're, if, you're, if you've going. never listened to this show before, this is the part where one of us springs on the other, the next movie, and we have no idea what we're going to watch. So and he, I don't know what Alex is about to pick. And even if you have hosted this show for 24 episodes, sometimes you'll forget we do this. <laughs> all right lay it on me alex what am i watching well what you know terrible piece of trash that will never match oh, up to the wrangler the wrangler the mangler I, I don't know how it matches up to the wrangler but uh this beats the mangler hands down it's a movie i can almost assure myself that you have seen i know i've seen it several times uh you made some references in this episode that Really, I, I I thought maybe I was channeling it to you uh, because you, you mentioned some candy and mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. we talked a lot about Ted Levine. You got any idea where I'm going with this? No? Mm, Ted Levine and candy. Candyman. Candy cane. Candy cane. We, because it is the beginning of summer. So many of you out there are going to be hitting the road, probably listening to our podcast. Why not do a good road trip movie like Joyride? Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Steve Zahn and uh, who else is the Paul, Paul Walker? Paul Walker. Uh, Ted Levine oh, and Paul wow. Walker. I have seen this. I saw this I mean, forever you did. ago when it first came out on video. Everybody has seen this. This is a phenomenal movie. If I remember correctly, it's probably been 10 years since yeah. I, since yeah. I actually watched it. Ted Levine, Paul Walker, both, if you will remember, in Fast and the Furious, I believe. And someone mentioned that last night. I was like, yeah, they're both in it. And then I made the whole, uh, you know, candy cane joke and blah 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 because uh you know they were in each of those movies and i was like well wow what an easy pick joyride excellent excellent all right well i'm excited to watch that again i love steve zahn paul walker so and yeah. i remember liking this movie this a long time ago when i first saw it this is a good movie does it hold up i have no idea it's been a long time since i've seen it but uh, anyway, that's what we're watching. Everybody, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Please tell yeah, your friends. You. Uh, we would love it if you'd share our podcast, if you'd like our podcast, if you subscribe to our podcast. That'd be phenomenal. But really, more than anything, when you go to work tomorrow, tell your buddy about it. Tell some guy you know that likes horror about our podcast. That's how we're going to grow this thing. All right. Alex, this is the part of the show where that wonderful, bittersweet Pee-wee's Playhouse music is playing at the end. And we profess our undying love for each other. And for you, the listener, thank you guys so much for listening to the show. Alex, I love doing this with you. I love you, man. Micah, I love doing this with you. And I, (laughs) shocker here, I love you. I love you, Alex. Mm, I feel feel sweet. I feel sweeted (laughs) on. I'm sweet on you. Mm -hmm. All right. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening. See you in two weeks, guys. My goatee is itchy, and I think it needs some oil. (laughs) But the... (laughs) 